Chapter 16 of Titus, A Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, A Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 16. I tell you that he is not to be found upon the mountain. The speaker was Dumachus, and he was addressing a motley crew of Galileans. My men know every inch of the region hereabouts, and they have made thorough search. There was no boat, so that he could have gotten away by the lake, said another. He must have gone over the mountain and descended upon the other side. In that case we cannot find him for the present. It may be that he will stop in the villages, tis his wont. Let us go back to Capernaum, for it is there his disciples dwell. He will be there sooner or later, suggested a third. And seeing, drawn up on the beach below, some great barges from Tiberias, which had been driven out of their course by the storm of the night before, as many as were able crowded into them and a few hours later landed in the village of Capernaum. As they made their way up into the city, they perceived that there was a great noise and confusion. People hurrying in crowds through the narrow streets were gathered in dense throngs in the market-places. "'What is the adieu, neighbors? shouted Dumachus, as they paused near one of these knots of people. "'We have just landed and are seeking the miracle-worker. Dost thou know his whereabouts?' Two or three had turned at the sound of his voice, and now one answered eagerly, the Nazarene is here. He came this morning, and hath wrought many signs and wonders in our midst. For as he passed through the villages of the plain, people brought out their sick, and laid them in the streets, that they might touch the border of his garments. And as many as touched were made whole. Afterward he came to Capernaum, and the whole countryside hath followed him thither. Is not this man he that should save Israel? He can assuredly work wonders, and why not to-day wonders greater than any we have seen yet? answered Dumachus cunningly. Let us seek him, and see if he will not presently give us some sign that shall be greater than the healing of these sick folk. Let him give us an abundance of gold and treasure, and let him take these fine houses and lands from the rich, and give them to us, who are his servants. Then shall we delight ourselves in rivers of wine, and eat and drink, and satisfy ourselves with pleasures. If he be the Messiah, he will do all this and much more, said the man. It hath been promised us by the prophets. Surely the time hath come for Israel to claim her king and confusion of face shall be to all heathen who would rule over our nation. Amen and amen, cried they that heard him, and with a common impulse all began to run in the direction of the synagogue, for it was one of the holy days of the week. We shall doubtless find him there, they said, as they hurried along. Let us hasten that we may speak with him. As they approached the place of worship, the excitement grew more and more intense. It was almost impossible to move in the dense throng. The synagogue was already filled to its utmost capacity, though the hour for service had not yet come. Scribes and Pharisees, Sadducees and doctors of the law, publicans, fishermen, and laborers, with women and children, and every tongue employed with one theme, Jesus of Nazareth. He is coming! I see him! Make room! arose from one and another of the multitude outside, together with a vast, uneasy murmur of sound. Dumachus had succeeded in elbowing himself to a place just outside the door of the synagogue, through which the master must pass to enter. And now, when he saw him ascending the steps with his disciples, he thrust himself forward rudely, saying, Rabbi, when camest thou hither, and how? There was no boat for thee to cross by. Jesus looked at him, then turning, he glanced at the multitude. Greed, vulgar curiosity, mean self-interest, ambition, cruelty, hatred, unbelief, all of this might have been seen by any keen-eyed observer. But how, think you, looked the multitude to the reader of hearts. Then he spoke slowly, decisively. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
ye seek me, not because ye perceived the signs, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Strive not for the bread which perisheth, but for that bread which shall abide unto life eternal, which the Son of Man shall give to you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then from out of the throng came another voice, a clear young voice, and the question was one which the speaker had been pondering in his heart for months. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And the master saw the face of the questioner among the sinister faces which surrounded it, like a star in the darkness of night. He saw and knew it for his own. And looking steadfastly into the clear eyes lifted to his, he answered, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. What sign showest thou then? broke in the brutal voice of Dumachus, that we may see and believe thee. What dost thou work? And a turbaned rabbi who stood near added cunningly, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. The master made answer, Of a truth, I tell you that Moses gave you not bread from heaven, but my father giveth you now the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Like the benediction after prayer, came again the clear tones of the boy's voice. Lord, evermore give us this bread. Then the master passed into the sanctuary, and the solemn hush within proclaimed that the service had begun. In obedience to the imperative commands and gestures of those of authority, the crowd now drew back somewhat from the entrance and approaches to the synagogue, and as they did so a clamor of voices broke out. How doth he say that he came down from heaven? demanded one. We know who he is. He is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth yonder. He came down from heaven no more than I did, cried another. I am a silversmith, and he is a carpenter, as I happen to know. Now are ye wise, good people, said a smooth-tongued emissary of the Sanhedrin. This man hath not ceased to blaspheme God, in that he maketh himself equal with God. And as for coming down from heaven, he hath a devil and is mad. If he be not mad, one answered, he at least is not the Messiah, as we hope, for he hath not the ways of a king. Twere an evil heresy to suppose him, said the rabbi again. Thou shouldst have studied the law and the prophets, and have listened to the words of those wiser than thou art. This fellow is dangerous to the people, in that he is in league with the prince of darkness, and doth continually work iniquity. I can bear it no longer, rang out a clear voice. Thou liest, and that foully, when thou sayest such things of the Nazarene. Everyone started and turned toward the speaker. Have thy say, lad, shouted two or three, delighted with the fresh excitement. Now shalt thou stand here and answer the worthy rabbi and a dozen hands lifted the boy up to the top of the stone wall near at hand, so that he was above them and in sight of all. He stood for a moment abashed. Then, the words of the rabbi coming back to him, he again flushed red in his boyish indignation. Thou sayest that he hath a devil, he cried. Can a devil do such works as doth this man? For thou knowest that he hath healed the sick and helpless, he hath opened the eyes of the blind, he hath cleansed the lepers, and even raised the dead to life. He hath done good, and not evil to all of us. How canst thou say that he worketh iniquity? He doth blaspheme God, for he declareth that he is the Son of God, and hath come down from heaven, answered the rabbi angrily. Cease thy prating, foolish boy, ere I have thee arrested for disturbing the peace. Nay, good master, let the lad have his say, as thou hast had thine. We will answer for him, cried half a dozen at once. Thou knowest him not, said the boy. He came down from heaven, and he worketh even as he is bidden by the Father who dwells on high. Then let him give us a sign, and he shall be our king, shouted a man in the outskirts of the crowd. 
hath he not given you signs in abundance i am one of them behold i was a cripple and he healed me with a word so that i am as straight and strong as any of you who art thou cried a rough voice by all the gods i believe it is my own boy stephen here let me come near that i may make sure and the man began elbowing his way toward the lad the boy had grown deathly pale he stood irresolute for a moment then jumped down from the wall and advanced through the crowd which opened to let him pass thou art my boy stephen and straight and strong nay but i can scarce believe it said dumachus grasping the lad by the arm now by all the powers of olympus i will make a man of thee for i like thy spirit come along with me they walked along for a moment in silence then dumachus broke out with a savage oath why dost thou not speak art thou not glad to see thy father thy mother hath taught thee to hate me and i cared not as long as thou wert a helpless cripple but now thou shalt know that thou hast a father and must obey him my mother did not teach me to hate thee said stephen in a low voice nay thou dost whine like a woman speak up as thou didst but just now to that purse-proud rabbi thou didst answer him boldly and so the nazarene healed thee did he tell me how it was stephen's face lighted up again at the mention of the master and he poured forth his story eagerly almost forgetting his listener for the moment so that was the way of it said dumachus running his fingers through his shaggy locks now the nazarene if he would do that for thee will do more dost thou not think it oh yes cried stephen joyfully remembering the look in the master's eyes as he answered him from the synagogue steps then thou shalt ask him for gold stephen lad and we will buy us a vineyard and a house and live like the romans i think that he is very poor said stephen hesitatingly i should not like to ask him for gold he can make it boy did i not see him make out of five little loaves and two small fishes food enough to glut five thousand he hath made a compact with the foul fiend and he helpeth him to do these wonders stephen started back in horror and fixed his eyes on his father's face i cannot talk with thee father if thou sayest such things cannot talk with me said dumachus mockingly and how wilt thou help thyself my fine fellow but now shalt thou tell me where i can find titus and his face darkened ominously answer dost thou know where he is yes i know where he is but i shall not tell thee what roared dumachus grasping the boy by the shoulder so roughly that he almost lost his balance dost thou dare to defy me thine own father father said stephen fixing his steady dark eyes on the man's face i would gladly render thee my obedience but when titus came back after being with thee and the men he told me that thou didst compel him to take part in horrible crimes in that thou didst him a great wrong he is safe now and hath an honest employment an honest employment hath he broke in dumachus with a sneering laugh then suddenly with a savage look he turned thou wert a cripple and now thou art recovered by the diabolical acts of yonder fellow from nazareth but listen if thou dost not presently tell me where titus is to be found i will do that to thee which will put thee beyond cure ay look about thee as thou wilt thou canst not escape me stephen had cast a furtive look around and realized with terror that his father had been so directing their steps during the conversation that they were now in a lonely spot outside the city walls wilt thou tell me continued the man suddenly dropping his threatening tone then we will be friends and comrades i swear it thou art no better than a baby but thou shalt go with me and i will make of thee a man now what thinkest thou of this and he drew from under his tunic a gold chain of fine etruscan workmanship this shall be thine and many other things as well for am i not chief and art thou not mine only son 
thine only son echoed stephen in surprise is not titus tis none of thy business boy what titus is to me he is nothing to thee but there is no time for this folly where is titus stephen hesitated what dost thou propose concerning him he asked my purpose concerns thee not answered dumachus then fixing his eyes on the boy he continued slowly and with savage emphasis thou hast need of a scourging i will therefore scourge thee then if thou art not purged of thine obstinate folly i will break each bone of thy body and leave thee here for the wild dogs to take care of stephen was as colourless as death but he said not a word the man proceeded to bind him securely to a small tree which grew near then cutting a heavy stick he began to strip it of its foliage with great deliberation titus was returning from the hill farm whither he had been sent with a message by benoni he was striding briskly along stopping now and then to add a choice blossom to a great sheaf of wild flowers which he had gathered for the little ruth there are some wild roses the first i have seen he said to himself scrambling down a little bank covered with short grass i must have them but as he reached out his hand to gather the flowers he heard a sound which caused him to start back and listen it was a low wailing cry and seemed to come from a thicket of trees close by as he came nearer the cry was repeated accompanied by the sound of a heavy blow and the words oh father have mercy were sobbed out in a voice which titus knew he clenched his fist savagely and peering through the branches saw a sight that fairly froze the blood in his veins for an instant he was tempted to dash forward but sturdy as he was he could not hope to match his boyish strength with the savage giant yonder another blow and yet another while the innocent victim wailed aloud in his agony titus stooped and picking up a large round stone which lay at his feet hurled it with all the strength and precision of which he was master it struck dumachus just behind the ear and he fell forward with a crash to the earth to dash through the bushes and cut the thongs which bound stephen was the work of a moment only then he turned to look at the fallen dumachus oh titus have you killed him cried stephen tremulously the tears running down his white cheeks killed him no i only wish i had the vile brute he is merely stunned but i will keep him till we can escape so saying he quickly and skilfully bound the prostrate man with the leathern tongs which he had just taken from stephen come along now he said roughly for his blood was still boiling with passion how camest thou into the hands of that devil stephen quickly told him of all that had occurred so he would have killed thee said titus fiercely when he had finished no no answered stephen he could never have killed me he only meant to frighten me thou dost not know him boy as i do answered titus hark dost thou hear that they paused for a moment and heard the distant sound of frantic yells and curses now we must run for it said titus for he hath the strength of ten men when he's in a rage like that and the two broke into a pace which soon brought them to the city gate once safely inside titus turned to stephen thou must take mother and get thee away for a while he must not find thee at home to-night and stay thou wilt need money i have my wages take this and go go quickly and he thrust a small purse into stephen's hand as he hurried away End of chapter sixteen